Hi again, everyone. This is Mark Lovsessian. I'm the co-director of the Center for Law and Religion at St. John's. And I'm joined once again by my friend and colleague, the Center's other co-director, Mark DiGirolami, for another episode of Legal Spirits, which is our podcast series on cases and issues in law and religion. You can find past episodes archived on our website, lawandreligionforum.org, and also on several social media platforms, uh, including now most recently Spotify, but we're also on Apple iTunes and Android, so you can, you can cache these in a lot of different places. Uh, well, this is our first episode for the year 2022. Mark, it's good to see you again. Yes, Mark. Happy New Year. Same to you. Thank you very much. And so we're going to begin this year with, um, with an episode about a new case on which the Supreme Court has just granted cert just last week. Uh, the case is Ken Kennedy versus Bremerton School District. Now, this is not entirely a new case. In fact, we've already had a podcast episode on an earlier version of this case. But it's back again, and it raises some very interesting uh, law and religion issues that we're going to talk about in our podcast episode uh, this time. So uh, earlier this month, the court granted cert in this case in which a public high school football coach alleges that the school district he works for violated his First Amendment rights by forbidding him from praying on the field in the presence of, of students and spectators after football games. The coach, uh, his name is Joseph Kennedy, brings both free speech and free exercise claims. We should say the district court denied both of those claims and the Ninth Circuit affirmed, although there was a lot of disagreement about the case at the end bank level. Good, and, and I think actually just as a sort of preliminary, since we're getting going again here in this in this new year, it's, it's gonna be, I think, a big law and religion year mark. You know, there are a lot of, comparatively speaking, I think between this case and and the case involving um, school choice issues that the uh, court is deciding, and the other case involving, um, you know, whether a whether a prisoner can have a, a minister in the in the same room as in the execu execution chamber. There, I think there are a lot of law and religion, uh, big law and religion cases at the Supreme Court, and and that strikes me that, you know, maybe the court's getting more active or is interested in hearing more of these cases. At any rate, this is, as you mentioned, the second time that this case has come to uh, the court. In, in 2019, the court denied cert on this very same case at the preliminary injunction stage. And at that time, uh, four justices, Justices Alito, Thomas, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh, this was actually before Justice Barrett was on the court, but these four justices wrote to explain that the facts weren't clear enough. Uh, that is, it wasn't clear exactly why the district had disciplined Kennedy. And so the Supreme Court declined to grant an injunction. It allowed the litigation to continue. Uh, and at that point, when, when there was this denial, we actually recorded it. it I think it's one of our, one of our earlier uh, Legal Spirits podcasts. And that's in our archives for, for listeners, if you're, if you're interested in sort of going back and and listening both to what the case was about, although we'll go over that a little bit now, but also why Justice Alito, joined by these other justices, uh, issued issued the statement. Right. Okay. That was that was in 2019. Now uh, the litigation has concluded now, and the issue has been clarified. The school district concedes now that the sole reason, quote unquote, the sole reason for disciplining Coach Kennedy was the district's conclusion that allowing him to pray would violate the Establishment Clause. So it looks like the issue is clearly presented and the Supreme Court is ready to resolve it. And one reason I say that is, 
you know, I went back and looked at the cert petition. The cert petition stresses that the Ninth Circuit decision should be reviewed because it is egregiously and importantly wrong, right? This is not a deep circuit split. I mean, they talk about circuit splits, but that's that's kind of by the way. Um, they say, you know, the court needs to look at this case because the Ninth Circuit was egregiously wrong. And I think that we have reason to believe that at least four justices agree with this. In fact, I'll just tip my hand. Um, I think they're going to rule in favor of Coach Kennedy. I mean, there may be some distinctions in the reasoning, but but that's what that's what I think. Yeah. And, and in some ways, this this new petition is, in fact, responding to the signal that uh, was given back in 2019 when when the when the court denied cert, those four justices, Alito, Thomas, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, they said that if the district had, in fact, disciplined Kennedy because he prayed on the field after games, then uh, the Ninth Circuit's ruling against Kennedy would be very troubling on precisely free speech and free exercise grounds. And, and, the, and those those justices noted that Kennedy hadn't even raised the free exercise grounds. Well, he certainly he's raised them here. They're 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 front and center here. Uh, uh, so when the case went back after that, after that denial of cert, but that sort of uh, indication, that statement by the justices, incidentally, Mark, isn't it interesting that these statements that you sometimes see from justices, uh, even justices who are concurring in the result, but kind of want to lay out a little bit where they stand, they they're becoming more and more frequent. I don't know if you've seen this or what your experience is with this. You know, you yourself clerked on the court. Is this something that you've seen more often uh, in recent times, or is this a technique that justices seem to use? Well, I don't recall it being used very often. I, I clerked quite a while ago now, but I, I don't I don't recall it being used in quite this way. You know, I, I think um, dissents from denial of cert are pretty rare, and statements on dissents from denial of cert, and then, by the way, they didn't deny, they, did, they didn't dissent from the denial of cert. Uh, so that's even more unusual. And, you know, this really was a signal, but Ninth Circuit didn't take the hint. <laughs> so, so here we are again. Okay, so just a little roadmap here. Uh, what we'd like to do in this podcast is first talk about the facts of the case. Um, then we'll talk about Kennedy's free speech claim. And then we'll talk about the free exercise claim, which is linked to it. Okay, so what are the facts of this case? Um, Kennedy is a football coach at Bremerton High School in Washington State. That's in the greater Seattle area. He is a Christian, and he wishes to pray on the field after football games. Now, at times in the past, he's also given post-game motivational speeches to the team members, and he concedes that those speeches likely constituted prayers. But he doesn't claim a right to make such speeches any longer. That is, this litigation is not about his post-game motivational speeches. For purposes of this litigation, Kennedy is claiming a right simply to pray on the field after the game. Uh, now, to pray surrounded by team members and others from the opposing uh, school and spectators. He says he just wants to offer a silent prayer. There are some indications that sometimes he may say something, but, but he says it's silent. That's all this case is about. Um, and we should point out that the attendance of the, the team members and the players from the other team is voluntary. I mean, he doesn't ask them to come. In fact, he doesn't say anything about it. Um, now, there is some evidence at least one team member has felt pressure to attend, which is not entirely surprising. We'll talk about this a little bit later. But as far as Kennedy is concerned, he's not asking anyone to be there. OK, good. And the, the district said, OK, don't do this. Stop doing this. 
uh, right? The district said you cannot engage in what it called demonstrable religious conduct while students are present. Uh, and why? Well, because the school said under the endorsement test, the endorsement test of uh, which is at least one of the establishment clause tests that is sort of still in circulation, although although one wonders exactly um, just what what force it has at this point. But at any rate, under the endorsement test, an objective observer would think that by allowing Kennedy to pray, the district was endorsing his religious views. And under this test, that uh, endorsement, that that feeling of uh, including some people within the relevant political community and excluding others would be an establishment clause violation. Now, we should note this was the factual question from three years ago that uh, the that even the, that was noted in this statement by Justice Alito and the other justices and has now been clarified that the, the district is saying, look, the reason, the sole reason uh, for forbidding Kennedy from praying is, in fact, this reason that doing so would violate uh, a permitting permitting him to do this would violate the establishment clause in his view. Right. That's what the school district said. Uh, nonetheless, Kennedy persisted uh, in praying. In fact, he escalated the conflict on social media and the district eventually disciplined him and then refused to rehire him when his contract expired. And he is now suing arguing that what the district did was a violation of his First Amendment rights, both his free speech rights and his free exercise rights. So, Mark, let's start with his free speech claim. OK, good. So the, the speech claim is and this is a claim, by the way, that that is a that was brought in the in the previous iteration of this litigation as well. He continues to bring a claim that the district violated his free speech First Amendment rights. He says, look, for a, for the public school district to punish me for this prayer is to stop me from exercising my freedom of speech. Um, and this certainly is in, in the sort of ordinary way that that free speech claims get analyzed. This is a content based restriction on religious speech, right? No prayer. Uh, uh, so to that extent, the issue seems uh, fairly clear, right? It, it kind of falls in line with precisely the kind of thing that the government cannot tell you to do. Right. OK. But the district responds, Mark, that in this context, Kennedy doesn't have a right to that sort of speech because he's not a private citizen. He is the employee of the government. And as an employee of the government, his speech could be taken to be government speech. Right. And that's why they say they can't let him do what he wants to do. Uh, yes, that's exactly right. And and under this doctrine, under the government speech doctrine, uh, courts don't grant government employees the same amount of freedom, the same degree of freedom that other people who aren't government employees receive. Instead, what courts do is they they engage in a balancing test. They balance the free speech rights of, of the public school teacher, or in this case, the, the coach uh, employed by the public school against the interests of the state in, in regulating the speech of its employees, and there's a there's a famous case uh, called Garcetti versus Ceballos, uh, where the Supreme Court held that the key issue in 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 um, engaging in that balancing is whether the speech at issue is ordinarily within the scope of the employee's job responsibilities. So the idea is that government has to be able to 
control to some extent what its employees say in order to express its own messages within the context of whatever governmental function it's trying to perform. You know, if you're a, if you're a, a science teacher, right, you, you can't, as one of the briefs in this case put it, you can't uh, be allowed to, you know, conscript everybody, all of your students to a political rally during science class, right? That's just not, not an appropriate kind of thing. And the government has to be able to, the district has to be able to exercise some degree of control over that. And so here there is, as you might think, a disagreement between the district and Kennedy. The district says all of the prayer activities that Kennedy is undertaking are being done while he is functioning as a coach. The prayer, the motivational speeches, all that stuff, whether they're pregame or postgame or whatever, they say the football field, all associated activities uh, are the coach's classroom. So all of this sort of falls within his job responsibilities. Yeah. Now, Kennedy says, no, that's not true. He says that, you know, the way the district has described his job would make it impossible for him to engage in any private speech at all on school grounds. He says this is in the words of that case you mentioned, Garcetti, that this is an excessively broad job description that the district has come up with. And it is done precisely to prevent him from engaging in any private speech that he wants to. And um, you know, actually, the Ninth Circuit made a distinction and said, OK, well, look, if, if a high school teacher wants to offer a prayer or cross herself before eating in the cafeteria, well, that would be fine. But but this is a very different kind of thing. This is all part of his job as being, you know, coach, motivational speaker, you know, inspiring role model, all this kind of thing. Now, there's a little bit of blurring going on here, because, as we said earlier, you know, um, at some points he did, that is, Kennedy did offer motivational speeches, which included religious messages. And so you might think, well, he's being a bit disingenuous when he says what he is doing is just like, you know, praying in the cafeteria before eating. But I want to underline again, and I'm, I'm sure some people listening to this podcast will think it's not a right distinction, but he has at this point said, I'm not doing that anymore. That's not part of the case. So whatever I did in the past about motivational speeches, whatever, I'm not doing it anymore. All I want to do now is offer prayers on the football field after the game is done, just like a high school teacher might want to cross herself in the high school cafeteria before she eats lunch. That's right. And 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 we should mention, um, look, this is getting back to the issue of a balancing test, right? Anytime you have a balancing test, um, you know, usually when you have these sorts of encroachments on fundamental rights, like the right of free speech or religious freedom, um, there is, you know, the, the state can bring to bear uh, what is called a compelling interest. So in other words, even if this is private speech and not government speech, the Ninth Circuit actually said, well, even under our strict scrutiny analysis, um, you know, this restriction is still going to be justified because of something, Mark, that you're going to talk to us a, a little bit about, which is the the possibility of violating, or not the possibility, the actual violation of the Establishment Clause uh, in the Ninth Circuit's view. Right. They said even if it is private speech, he can't do this because this would be an Establishment Clause violation. And that leads us into our into our next point. So that's the one issue is the free speech issue. The other issue uh, in this case is a free exercise claim. So in this case, Kennedy is arguing that the school district's refusal to rehire him, basically disciplining him, violated his First Amendment right to the free exercise of his religion. And the controlling case here is a case called Employment Division versus Smith. 
Now, uh, Kennedy is not seeking to overrule Smith. Um, and actually, after last term's decision in Fulton, uh, that's probably wise because um, there's no majority on the court right now for overruling that 1990 case. Interestingly, Mark, three years ago, when the court first denied cert uh, at the preliminary injunction stage, Justice Alito, in that statement we've talked about, raised the possibility of revisiting Smith, which got, every, which got everybody's attention uh, back in 2019. But, but that's been overtaken by this. They're not going to overrule Smith right now. And this one, and Kennedy doesn't ask them to do so. So under Smith, if, if a restriction is neutral and generally applicable, there is basically no right to uh, exemption under the free exercise clause. But if a restriction is not neutral and generally applicable, that is, if it targets religion in some way, then the restriction has to pass strict scrutiny, which means that the state would have to show a compelling interest and also that the state had chosen the least restrictive means. Okay, now here it's pretty easy in one respect because the school district has conceded that its uh, disciplining of Kennedy was not neutral and generally applicable. The district disciplined him precisely because of the religious nature of his conduct. So that very complicated issue under Smith is not on the table here. Rather, what's on the table here is whether the district's action against Kennedy satisfies strict scrutiny. Okay, and that means, as I've said, there's got to be a compelling interest for what, I'm sorry, the state has to have a compelling reason for what it did, and the state has to have chosen the least restrictive means. As you said, and as you said um, just a second ago, Mark, the compelling interest in this case, the state says, is avoiding a violation of the Establishment Clause. Okay, so what's the violation here? Now, you said it a little while ago, Mark, it has to do with the endorsement test. Uh, the endorsement test comes more or less from a case called Lemon versus Kurtzman a while ago. And the endorsement test says that if a reasonable observer would view an activity as an endorsement by the state of a religious viewpoint, then that violates the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment. Okay, what about here? Here, the Ninth Circuit said that an objective observer familiar with the history, I'm just quoting now, an objective observer familiar with the history of Kennedy's on-field religious activity, coupled with his pugilistic efforts to generate publicity in order to gain approval of those on-field religious activities, would view the district's allowance of that activity as stamped with his or her school's seal of approval. Uh, and the court relied principally on a case called Santa Fe Independent School District from about 20 years ago, which also involved uh, school prayer. So that's the argument that the district made in this case. Um, to me, Mark, this seems like a weak argument. I don't know what you think about it. Right? I think it's kind of a weak argument. Um, first of all, Santa Fe uh, is a case that involved school edited and approved prayers over the school's public address system before football games uh, as part of the school's official pregame ceremonies. Uh, and that seems, that seems rather different from what's happening here. This was what, what Kennedy is doing is not part of the official, uh, the official game. Moreover, uh, and this is a point that some of the dissenting judges in the, in the bank decision uh, made, given the history of what happened here, an observer would understand precisely that the district had not endorsed Kennedy's religious speech. I mean, I'm thinking of a case from about, um, I think 15 years ago, a case involving the Ten Commandments in Kentucky, where the court said, and actually this case was 
written, this decision was written by my former boss, David Souter, said you've got to look at the whole history of the litigation in deciding what a reasonable observer would understand. And a reasonable observer looking at the history of this litigation between Kennedy and the school district would understand precisely that the school district wanted nothing to do with what Kennedy was doing here. Right, Mark? Yeah, no, I think that's that's right. And and there's another puzzling thing about the Ninth Circuit's uh, opinion here, which is that I'm not quite sure I understand the issue of bringing this to the media's attention as as relevant to the issue of endorsement. That is to say, of the district's endorsement. I mean, if anything, creating a greater uh, conflict or degree of conflict or making the conflict public um, would suggest, just as you say, even more opposition, right? Even more combativeness on the part of both sides. Uh, so it, it would make it even clearer, let's say, right? That the making of the conflict public would make it even clearer that the parties stand opposed and that the district doesn't endorse this speech. And, and also, um, you know, there's this other case, this Trinity Lutheran case from 2017, where the court indicated that uh, this is just on the merits of, of endorsement. Look, you know, a state can't rely on on a desire to, quote, stay as far away as possible from religious establishment concerns, close quote, as a compelling reason to restrict free exercise right. And this this language was, was repeated in, in the Espinoza uh, a case last year. Um, uh, now, you might say, look, this is a similar situation. This is a little bit um, like some of those cases involving the appearance of uh, endorsement. But but in truth here, the Ninth Circuit said, look, if, if, the, if the district were to allow this prayer, it would violate the Establishment Clause. It would be a kind of a, a clear issue under Santa Fe and I, I tend to agree with you that there are some real distinctions between the Santa Fe case and this case in as much as the Santa Fe prayer was much more an official policy and procedure of the school there. Here, it, it absolutely and clearly is not uh, yeah. because of some of the things that we've been talking about. Right. And all this, by the way, assumes the endorsement test remains good law. That's not clear because, you know, who knows about Lemon? I mean, I, you and I have talked about this in past podcasts. I, I don't think they're going to overrule Lemon here. They don't need to overrule Lemon here because of just what we're saying. They don't need to overrule the endorsement test because I I don't think most observers would think this is an endorsement by the school district of what Kennedy's doing. Every time the court takes one of these establishment clause cases, Mark, you know, we we wonder whether finally this this will be at last the moment where the court uh, takes the opportunity to clarify exactly what the establishment clause requires in these contexts, and and it never seems to happen, right? And uh, this happened in American Legion also, and the court take took that case, and it's almost as if the court is strategically taking cases that allow it not to clarify uh, what these tests are about, and and allow it to just sort of continue on, assuming that the tests apply or that they're the correct test, that even if they are the correct tests, that, you know, whatever it is that happened in the particular case doesn't violate that. Yeah, well, you could say the same thing, Mark, about free exercise cases. I mean, Fulton was kind of like that. Okay, now yeah. you mentioned you mentioned uh, coercion, and I, I do want to flag that for our listeners, because that is another possible establishment clause test out there. And this comes from a case called Lee versus Weissman. And um, the idea is that the establishment clause forbids coercion by the government, that is coercion of religious exercise or religious belief. Now, certainly formal coercion, you know, um, 
uh, penalty of law, but also the Lee versus Weissman uh, case holds also psychological coercion. Uh, in that case, it involved a high school graduation ceremony, and the court said in an opinion written by Justice Kennedy that, that even if one is not required to be at high school graduation, that's really important for kids, and they would feel peer pressure to go, um, and therefore having to listen to a prayer in that context could be psychologically coercive. And I think, uh, I'm not sure how strong that is in this case, but I think there's something there. I mean, I do think that, okay, this guy's the football coach. If you're a 15 or 16 year old kid on the team, um, you might feel pressure to you know, hang around for the prayer after the game. In fact, at least one, one kid, there's some evidence in the record, one kid said he did feel that kind of pressure. Again, not that Kennedy ever did it intentionally, but he did feel it. So how would you evaluate that, Mark? Yeah, it's a tough one. It, it, it's, it's close. You know, it's you could say the same thing in some ways about, let's say, a, a kid watching a teacher uh, uh, make the sign of a cross at lunch, right? I mean, maybe, you know, if, well, if I don't do it, you know, will the teacher think less of me and so on? I mean, I think Lee versus Weissman is a little bit different than this situation in as much as the prayer policy, even if not the substance of the prayer itself, was the official policy. It was the official policy of the school to have an invocation. Um, so, you know, here it's clearly not the official policy of the school. Uh, well, I guess that's that's disputed. The school says, well, this this makes it look like it is. But I think even the, the district would concede, look, this is not our policy. <laughs> uh, um, it's not our policy to have prayers, you know, after the game and and motivational speeches and all the rest of it. Um, so that that is a a major distinction, it seems to me, between what was going on in Lee versus Weissman. So it would require, it seems to me, an extension of the coercion doctrine that one saw in Lee versus Weissman uh, to this context. I'm not sure that there's a majority of the court for extending the sort of psychological coercion argument that you saw in Lee, even in the context that I, I agree with you, even in a context where, you know, there might be some some kids that might think, well, you know, coach is doing it. You know, I, I probably ought to do it for team solidarity and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Mark. I don't see I don't think that there's a majority on the court for extending Lee versus Weissman here. On the other hand, that is a very formal distinction between saying, OK, well, the school says you've got to be there and coach would really like for me to be there. It seems to me most 16 year olds are not going to make those fine distinctions, but we'll see what the court says about that. To my mind, that is the strongest argument for the school district in this case, although, as I said at the, at the start, I think Kennedy's going to win this case. You have still haven't said what you think, Mark. I want to get to that at the end. One last thing before we get to your prediction, which everyone's waiting for, I know. Um, <laughs> assuming that there is a compelling interest here, I mean, I don't think they're going to say there is one, but assuming there is, the district would still have to show that it had chosen the least restrictive means of achieving that interest. And it does seem to me here the district could have done something other than refuse to rehire Kennedy. I mean, they could have you know, made very clear, maybe in a program or something like that, or a sign even that, you know, the district was not endorsing anything like this. Um, you know, I don't think the court's going to have to reach that, but but I think that there is an argument they could have done something other than just, you know, refusing to rehire the guy. Okay, Mark, so now I'm not going to let you off the hook here. So so what do you think the court's going to do with this case? Well, it's going to be a big disappointment, I guess. Uh, uh, you know, after all this buildup, uh, uh, what what my view is, I I, I agree with you. I, I think uh, it's it's likely that that uh, Coach Kennedy wins wins this uh, case. You know, there were four justices 
who seem pretty, pretty, um, um, in pretty much in favor of his, of his view of, of things. Uh, when the case came up the last time, I, I, I just, uh, I don't see the, the argument for an establishment clause violation, even under existing law. Um, in some ways, I think that, uh, the, the, what I had mentioned before, the appearance of establishment clause violation, in other words, that it would have been permissible for the district to do this, um, that might have been a, a, a more persuasive a ruling by the Ninth Circuit um, now going up and up, you know, not to take a sort of hard line that doing this or allowing this in any shape, way, shape or form would violate the Establishment Clause. You know, there is this line of cases that says that, you know, districts have a certain degree of discretion, uh, what they call the play in the joints cases, a metaphor I know you you really love yeah, we've talked the about play that. in the joints cases between what is what it's permitted under the free exercise clause and what's required under the establishment clause. And, uh, and some of these equal access cases where courts are making decisions or sorry, districts uh, are making decisions about who gets to who gets to participate in after school activities in the school building and so on. Um, you know, that might have been maybe a softer approach. Uh, to this kind of thing, but a flat statement that this invariably violates Santa Fe, I, I, I think that's that's not going to sit well, at least with a majority of the justices. Just how many justices it gets, whether it's a 5-4 or a 6-3, I don't know. Well, or, or fractured. I mean, you might get a plurality. We'll have to see. So let, we'll keep an eye on this. We'll keep an eye on the oral argument, and I guess it'll be later this term. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that and um, and come back with another podcast episode then. Uh, and of course, we'll follow to the decision also. But for now, this has been another episode of Legal Spirits, our podcast series on cases and issues in law and religion. You can find past episodes archived on our website, lawandreligionforum.org, also on various social media platforms like Spotify, also on Apple iTunes, uh, and on Android. Okay, so stay tuned for the next one. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.